Self-doubt. Why do all of us have it and how can we overcome it? I know that's the question I asked myself when I first started my photography business 10 years ago. I thought, how can I get over these fears and these doubts that I have in myself to create the type of business that I want and live the type of life that I want? In fact, I'm still asking myself this question almost daily because I feel like we all struggle from this no matter where we're at in our journey in life and in business. Self-doubt can show up in so many different ways. So whether it's, you know, doubting your photography skills, doubting your ability to run a business, lacking confidence and feeling paralyzed when you're making business decisions, I see you and I hear you. Some of us don't trust ourselves, so we rely on others' opinions when really their thoughts shouldn't even matter because they haven't experienced what we have and they are not us. Maybe you're feeling like, why do I deserve to even be successful? I know those were thoughts that I had at the beginning too, and even to this day still do. But no matter what your self-doubts are, we are going to help you face them straight on and teach you some strategies on how you can work through them so you can operate from a place where anything is possible. Because when you do this, my friend, it is scary how much you can accomplish. Welcome to the Fill Your Frame podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Golding. I was a young mama and full-time teacher when I first picked up my camera and started down the path of creating a highly successful and sought-after photography business. I managed to turn that side hustle into a full-time job that sustains a balanced life where I can give more to my five littles at home. After building this business for the last 10 years, I want to invite you into a space where you can take a peek behind the scenes of my camera-ready life. Join in weekly where I will open up discussions with other creative artists turned business pros as we share real life strategies, stories, and action steps for you to turn your passion into profits. Lean in because we're about to get the show started. Remember, you can subscribe to today's show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Audible. I'm excited to bring you today's episode about overcoming self-doubt with our special guest, Sophie Lee. Sophie is a beautiful mother of three from Sydney, Australia, who has built her photography business from home on a laptop on her kitchen bench to a now six-figure business with her own studio, several team members, and a shooting schedule that often books out 12 months in advance. In the past year, she's also moved into the education space where she supports and teaches photographers through luxurious in-person retreats and one-on-one online mentoring. I'm so excited to have her on to chat with me today about self-doubt and why it holds us back and how we can overcome it. The power of self-portraits, which is a specialty of hers, they're so beautiful, and some ways that we can build our own confidence so we can thrive in our business and write a life story that we are proud of. So let's welcome Sophie to the show. Hi, Sophie. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so thankful that you're willing to do this with me. And I'm especially excited to chat with this topic with you because that's how I found you is through your self-portraits that you do. So I'm so excited to chat about it today. Oh, me too. I kind of want to hear about your background, how you got into photography and just kind of, can you talk a little bit about your journey as to how you've gotten to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's it's been a long one. I've been in this in this industry for a really long time in different ways. So I actually found photography in high school. So it was like my senior years. I just changed schools and I used to do sort of performing arts at my previous school, which they didn't have at this school. So I kind of had to pick something else that was creative. And that's when I found photography. So I, you know, I got into the dark room, I was shooting on film. And I think just being at a new school, like the solidarity of being in, a, you know, a cubicle in, uh, in the dark room was, you know, just a place for me to just be on my own and, and kind of escape this whole new dynamic that I was trying to enter into at this school. And it was therapeutic for me. And I learned so much in there. And I really fell in love with it. I, I, I wasn't sure I didn't know if I was going to take it anywhere. I just, I just loved, loved being in there. And so after school, I was umming and ahhing about what I was going to do. And I ended up going and studying full-time. I was lucky enough to be accepted into a full-time course and I studied full-time for a year and it was very technical, which is not the side of the brain that I am. (laughs) It's just not like I, all the mathematics of lens construction, it just flew over my head. Uh, However, I was really encouraged by one of my teachers. He sort of 
came to me one day and I, I was never on the wall of like the top 10 images. I was never <laughs> awarded anything. I never scored very high in any of it. And he came up to me one day and he said, what do you want to shoot? And I said, I want to shoot people. He said to me just gently during a practical class, he just said out of everyone here, he's like, I, he said, you, you're going to do something. Oh, you wow. will. And I, I just, that little bit of encouragement, I think after being quite discouraged because the grades weren't there. So I just realized that photographing people was a people business. And I knew that I was good at that. So that gave me some encouragement to, to move forward. And then after I finished my study, I went on to work in studios. I worked in three main studios in Sydney. I was part of the opening of one of the first digital studios in Sydney, which was exciting. Oh, so yeah, I photographed in there. I sold in there, I learned sales and I ended up managing one of the stores and like training team members. And it was a real all round experience. And it was incredible because it was a high pressure environment. It was fast. There was multiple sessions going on all the time. Yeah. I just learned so much. It was a really good dive in experience. And, and my bosses were, were full on, <laughs> like <laughs> held me to a high standard, which is, you know, like can be good and bad, but it, I learned a lot. And so that was kind of where it all started for me. And then after that, it was, you know, what happens when you become a mum, your priorities. Yeah. Change and it was, oh, what am I going to do? And do I really want to be going to work every day? And how do I want my life to look? And I guess my kids, my kids were really the thing that made me think it's now or never, like take the leap. I knew way more than I even gave myself credit for after working in studios for 10 years. I think anyone would say, I think you're ready, but there's always, as we, as we're going to dive into that is always self-doubt. And I think that's what being a mum gave me is, yeah, I'm, I'm stronger than I think I can withstand more than I thought. And mm -hmm. I think it was really my kids. It was my kids that gave me the encouragement and the push forward uh, to start my own business. So that's what I've done. And, and eight years later, here we are. That's amazing. I think it's so interesting to hear you say that because, you know, I think so often when people are first starting with photography, we are, you know, naturally creatives, right? Like the technical stuff and the details about lenses and all of that, like that's not my language either. And I think so often as, you know, people start photography, it's usually not their language. They're usually in it because of the creative side, right? And so I think it is important to learn the technical side, but I think it's also so good for people to hear that from someone who's so amazing at photography is just, that wasn't your strength. Your strength was people and interacting with people and photographing people and telling their story. And that's really what I see when I look at your images is so much storytelling. And I, it just comes through so profoundly and it's so beautiful. And it's interesting too, because that's how I started when I had my first daughter. And I, I feel like becoming a mom really just kind of pushes you to like, want more for yourself, expect more. And then you also see the potential that you have more. I don't know. I gained confidence when I became a mom, which is kind of interesting because I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but I think, I think it just pushes us. Don't you agree? I do. And I think what, what becoming a mom does is put you in a situation where you can only move forward. So mm -hmm. you, you get up in the morning and there's no tapping out of this. Like there is no, no one, I always say, no one's going to come out of the, out of the walls and help me today. <laughs> I have to get up. I have to make that bottle. I have to change that nappy. Like there is, it's only forward moving like motherhood, regardless of how you feel, you are always forward moving. And so getting up and just practicing that day in, day out, even subconsciously, like you think you're not moving anywhere. Cause you're like, I haven't left the house and I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And like, you know, I don't go to work at, you know, at the moment or, and it, it can feel like that. But when you actually look at what you do in a day, that you get up regardless of how you feel, that you are kind and loving to your children, regardless if you feel like you, you can be kind and loving. You just are because that's mm -hmm. motherhood. And, and yeah. the evidence that that creates is that, wow, I can do a whole lot of stuff even when I feel like I don't want to, even when I don't feel like I've got the energy, even when I feel like I'm not doing a good job, I do it anyway. And that is business. That mm -hmm. is so reflective and it mirrors, I believe, the way of running a business because you you do have to get up every day and do it anyway and you do have to try and fail and and question and second guess so I feel like motherhood was the best preparation for me and I think even just after actually giving birth and realizing if I can do that <laughs> I can 
I could possibly do most things. And yeah, it, it gave me that, that confidence in myself. And I realized I was, I was more powerful than I realized. I love that. There's so much power that each of us hold as women or as people in general. And there's so much that we don't see within ourselves that maybe others see, but as we grow in our confidence, it helps us to see that just a little bit. But as you were starting out your own business, so I know you were proficient in photography in itself, but as you were starting your own business, did you have like those like limiting beliefs and self-doubt? Did you have that creep in of like, no one's going to book me. I'm not good enough to have my own business. Those kinds of things. Did you struggle with that at all? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that ever really goes away. I, I think it's kind of becoming, for me, it's kind of becoming friends with that feeling. Uh, when I first started, for sure. I mean, I had so much experience. I was sitting in studios selling my own work for thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I had all the evidence. I had all the evidence that my photos were good enough, that I knew enough. And what did I do? I opened my business and I charged $300 for everything. <laughs> like oh It's God. just... You know, like it was like, oh, but I'm on my own now. And I had every excuse in the book. Oh, but I don't have a fancy studio and I'm working under my own own name and no one knows me. And I was working under someone else's name before. And of course, like I, if I really sat down and and wrote out, yeah, am I, am I ready? I was, but due to limiting beliefs and self-doubt, I pulled myself right back and I, I limited myself a lot. But it was also a changing phase for me of going from working in a studio and not having, and, you know, being told where to be and someone else was taking over the bookings and there was still a lot to learn. So I definitely did. And I, and I still do, I still have times of self-doubt, you know, I still have moments of thinking, you know, you know, you reach out and say, do you want to be on the podcast? What are we going to talk about this? Oh, do I have enough to talk about, about that? You know, like it's there all the time. It's not, it doesn't, I don't believe ever fully goes away. I also find that I I look at it differently now, instead of being deterred, I go, oh, there you are. Like, hi, hi, self-doubt. There you are. It kind (laughs) of is, is a guide for me now. I'm on the right path. I'm doing something out of my comfort zone. This is good. This is where I grow. So it's an indicator. If I'm not feeling unsure or if I don't have a dash of self-doubt or if I don't have that inner critic come out, it's like, hmm, this might be a bit easier for me. Maybe I need to try something different. Challenge um, yourself more. Well, and I think that's an interesting thing to point out too, is the, the progression that you've gone through. So, you know, I love learning this about you, by the way, but, you know, I think as you're, you're talking about how, when you were first starting, you undercharged you, you, even though you knew how skilled you were, you still had those voices. And, and so often we're our worst inner critic, right? Like we are, t- we, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We talk down, like you said, you had every excuse in the book. Like, I don't have a studio. I don't do this. I don't do that. And I think so many of us do that subconsciously. Like we don't even realize we're making those checkbox of excuses to justify our, our limiting beliefs and us not believing in ourselves. And, but I love how you talked about the progress you've made. So, you know, in the beginning you saw it as, you know, you didn't necessarily recognize it even, but as you've progressed, now you can see that voice coming in and you say, Hey, there you are. I'm not going to let you take this over. Now I'm going to push through you, you know, and that's such a huge distinction and, and such personal growth on your behalf. I think that's so great. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me, like learning to you know, make friends with this feeling and, and accepting it is realizing that it, it it literally is just a thought. There's no backing to it. There's no truth to it. Everyone experiences it. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that everybody experiences it, it takes away, it kind of demystifies it. There's always that feeling when you're with yourself and you have these feelings that you're the only one thinking that and you you feel like you're in turmoil over these decisions. But when you realize that everyone experiences it, it's a lot easier to give yourself grace of saying, okay, I'm not the only one that feels this. Everyone feels this. And it's easier to work through it because you don't feel so alone. So yeah. And and as I said, it's like, how can I use this feeling to a benefit almost? So as I said, making friends with that feeling and going, okay, I'm actually glad you're here. Like, hi, self-doubt. Thanks for coming today. (laughs) Um, Good to see you. You're showing me that I'm doing something a little bit different. And I know that you're going to turn up every time I do that. You're a good indicator to me that I'm, I'm pushing myself and, and you're just a thought. There's nothing true to it. So come and then, and then go. It's, it's, you're never going to, I don't believe you're ever going to get rid of it completely. So it's about living with it and breaking through. And I always find 
you know, evidence creates confidence, right? So every time we break through one of these thoughts, what happens? You know, we grow, we learn, there's good things on the other side of this feeling. So it's almost like get excited because on the other side of this is good, good stuff. And that's encouraging. Oh, it is for sure. And I love how you said they're just thoughts because I, I actually, during, you know, all this nonsense with lockdowns and different things, the pandemic, I enrolled in a mindset course because I was just struggling a little bit. And I, and I love to be honest and transparent about things. And I was just struggling. And so I took this mindset course and they talked about how we have complete control over our thoughts. Like anything that we think are just that they're just thoughts and they can be changed at any moment. And when I really understood that it was such a powerful moment for me, as far as transforming my thinking in relation to everything in my life, but especially with my business, you know, thinking those thoughts of I'm not good enough and understanding that I can change those at any moment when I, when I just decide to, right. And that's a powerful place to be in when you start to understand that. And I think that was a weird concept for me to understand initially, but now that I've got the hang of it, I'm just like, when I think anything, it comes in, I just think that's just a thought. I can push it out just as easily as it came in. And I love that you said that too, because that's been something that's been on my mind this last year for sure. Yes, absolutely. And also preserving energy is so important. So instead Mm -hmm. of trying to always fight it, it's like, I can't let that in. Otherwise I'm not going to, it's like, it's like just hello and goodbye. Like Just be gentle with your thoughts and your feelings. You don't have to always shove and push and has to go now. Otherwise, you know, it's like, just, there it is. Hi, I see you. I can hear you. You're not true. And so there's the door. It's, it's okay. It's just an indication of something and looking for the lessons in it. Right. So why are you here? Well, obviously, you know, I'm feeling uncomfortable. So you're here to expand on us on that story of feeling uncomfortable. Whereas I'm going to let you out and I'm going to now invite in something that encourages me in this situation. But I think, yeah, you can get a little bit caught up also with that, that fight which is exhausting. And and that can turn turn into another thought of I'm not doing this right. I'm not getting rid of these thoughts well enough. It's just be gentle with it. You don't have to, it's not this armor that you have to stop everything coming in. It's just, it's, it's fine. It's a flow. They either come in, they go out, they come in, you invite others in. Like I do have things that I do when I get stuck. I just, I really try and think about what I have achieved. So what happened the last time I felt this and what did I do and what was the action and what was the end result? And I said, okay, well, I was, I was nervous about doing, you know, this podcast and then I did it. And then I, I felt like I did really well and I got good feedback. And so therefore, you know, I grew and I learned something. So going back to those patterns, uh, you know, and, and getting that confidence back and going, okay, well, there's evidence now. So I've got that solid evidence that I worked through this before and everything turned out. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, you answered my, that was the one I was going to go into next. Cause I love that you already, without me asking, you talked about how you still today have the struggles of limiting beliefs and self-doubt and all of that. And one note that I do want to say on that before we jump into the, um, like the things that you do a little more is I think it's so important in our industry for us to talk about our struggles too. Like, you know, considering like you're someone who's so admired and looked up to greatly in the industry and that, and you're on here talking about how you still have limiting beliefs and you doubt yourself and the things that you do. And I think that's so powerful because, you know, someone that's just starting out often, you know, you look up to people that are more established than you or people you admire and you think, Oh, I'll never be like them or whatever the thoughts are. But then when they are open and transparent and talk about them struggling, you just feel like that, oh, they have it too. And you're not, so you don't feel alone. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, and I just, I really admire that about you. And I know I always try to be really transparent with people when I'm teaching, especially because you don't ever want someone to feel like, you know, it's not an even playing field because we're all in this together and we're all like equals. Right. So I love that you said that, but do you find in our industry that I feel like it needs to be talked about even more sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. I think anywhere, any industry, any anything, we don't need perfect leaders. We need imperfect, honest and vulnerable leaders. And I think if you find yourself in a position where people are looking to you, I think that is absolutely, we need to pull down the veil because otherwise we aren't leading. We're leading people along to a an idea that they're never going to live up to because we're not even living up to that. 
So, you know, like, okay, take you down the garden path and tell you that you're never going to feel these things again and I'm so perfect and everything's rosy for me. You're only going to end up with people who are feeling worse about themselves. So if you have a voice and people are looking to you and look, you know, sometimes this happens accidentally. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes mm-hmm. people come out of the gates and they're like, I want to be an educator. Or I want to be a leader. Or sometimes people fall into the, into that, whatever, whatever way it is happens for you. Right. If people are looking your way, I think that's the most valuable thing you can ever give people is just, you know, we are layered, we are complicated humans and we have a lot to us. We're multifaceted. There's not, I'm a photographer and I have a successful business and end of story. It's like, I am a photographer. I'm a mother. I have a successful business. I sometimes feel crap about myself. I sometimes feel really proud. I sometimes like wonder if I'm even doing the right thing, you know, like I wonder if I should be working. Like I still have days where I come home and I'm like, should I be working? I'm a mum. Like I still have that. Like, and that's just like, you know, I mean, that might sound wild to people, but I still sometimes look at my kids crying on the porch when I drive out to a shoot and think, what am I doing? You know, like I still, I do have that. Mm -hmm. There are some days I literally pull out of the driveway and all three children crying on on my balcony and my husband's standing behind them looking completely helpless because all they want is me and I drive out of that driveway and I go oh my gosh Sophie what are you doing that's why your why needs to be really strong because you need to pull yourself out of that really fast and and that's why you know goals and and your why and you what you want for your life has to be really mapped out we can't fumble our way through this when we have families so it's definitely something that I really try especially when showing up on socials is this is not about this is certainly the furthest thing about showing up and and being perfect because that doesn't help anyone No, it doesn't. And it doesn't help, you know, anyone's confidence. It doesn't help anything. And I love that you share that about your kids because that the same thing happens to me. And it can be a like a conflicting thought as a, you know, wanting to be a businesswoman and own like a a successful business and make great money and provide for our family. And then on the other side, you're, you know, you want to be a mother. And so it can be such a tug and pull, but you know, what often helps me get through that is just like thinking of the example that, you know, I'm hopefully setting for them as far as, you know, accomplishing your dreams and, you know, going after what you want and showing them like that anything is possible if they're, if they put the work in and they do it, you know, um, because that's such a valuable lesson for them. And I'm sure like you, I know your kids are involved in your business and things that you do. You just posted some beautiful self portraits with your, you know, your kids. And so, you know, I know you involve them like I do, you know, when I'm doing a training or doing something, my kids are like, good luck. I hope it goes well. And then when they get home, they run in and ask me how it went, you know? So I think that those are such powerful lessons and that's such a big part of my why, and I'm sure it is for you too. And so I think those are part of those little nuggets that are going to help us push over those, those limiting beliefs or self-doubts of like, Oh, I'm a mom. Should I be working? Am I doing the right thing? Cause it's such a hard decision and different for everybody. It sure is. It absolutely is. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, you know, something I do talk about with my mentees a lot is just is saying like, if you, you're going to face, you're going to face some hard stuff and business is challenging and it's wonderful and it's beautiful, but it's challenging and it really shows our weaknesses or mm-hmm. you know, things that we need to work on, I should say, not weaknesses. Um, <laughs> it does show that up. So if you don't have your strong purpose, like your real big umbrella, this goes over everything I ever do, my big one, then you can, yeah, you can become unstuck. But I'm similar to you. I look at my girls. I want them to be strong. I want them to have opinions. I want them to be also soft and loving. I want them to go through life with love and grace. I want them to understand they can run a business off the back of love and grace because I was never taught that when I was doing all my training in studios. It was nice guys finish last and we have to be ahead and don't talk to competitors. And and I, I never, ever, ever felt like that aligned with me. And so when I came into my own business, it was very much for me. I'm like, I want to create a business that comes off the back of you know, I, I, I just want to come from a place of service and I want to help my clients. And yeah, some people will call me a lot and some people will email me a lot and like, that's fine. And I I just want to be there. And I also then when I was going along my experience and I realized, you know, I do know a lot now and I do have a lot of experience and I did want to share that with people. And, you know, when I first started getting on socials and sharing like so many people, oh my gosh, like you share so much. And, you know, (laughs) I even remember, even remember my mom one day, she was like, 
are you sure you want to tell everyone all your secrets? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not telling any, like it, there's no secrets. It's just, it's just, this is my life. And, and the more I share, the more I feel like I can ripple through and hopefully show people where my values sit and the way that I run my business, you yeah. can do, you can run a business from the way that women naturally kind of want to run businesses like we we feel like we have to be so masculine and so boss lady and this and that and it's like you actually can just be completely you and just love you know do everything from a place of giving and love and kindness you don't have to turn into this hard exterior like no one's going to cross me in order to have a successful business because especially in this business we are dealing with people and mothers and it's so vulnerable and we can we can really connect in a deep way and if we have this idea we have to be something different I feel like we're going to miss out so I want to show my kids that yeah you can have a good business and be successful and just be really nice like you don't have to be you don't have to be like this full-on hard boss and and for my 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 son, I want to show him that his wife, if she has a passion, she can he can support her in that. And it's multifaceted, right? It's not just about. And also, I think just showing them that mum's just not not just a mum. I'm also a wife, and I have friends, and I have a career. And mm-hmm. you know, it's funny when your kids come and ask you. My, my daughter, whenever I come back from a sunset shoot and it's late, you know, I come back in summer. It can be like nine o'clock here, yeah. and she'll she'll creep out of her bed and she'll come and she'll pretend that she needs to go to the bathroom and I'll be in the shower. And she's like, how was your shoot? Where did you go? And she looks at my clothes and sees if there's like sand on there. And she's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you went to the, who did you shoot? What was their name? What was the, was there a little girl? What was her name? So, yeah. So, um, and I, and I tell her and I go, mommy had such a good time. And she goes, did you miss me? And I said, yeah, I did. I did miss you darling, but I still, I did want to go because I really enjoy my work. Yeah. And that's such, I mean, that's a lesson that like is going to be so valuable for her as she gets older. And those are memories that she's always going to have, you know, and that's so powerful. That literally gave me the chills. Like I have the chills right now. So the next thing I want to go into real quick is as you progress in your business. So obviously you started, you know, and then you've now progressed into, you know, having a six figure business. And I'm sure along the way there were moments of self-doubt, whether it was, you know, opening a studio and if that was the right decision and then you know, hiring a a team. And then you had a lot of pivotal decisions along the way and then getting into education. So what did you feel like, you know, how did you overcome any of the self-doubt that crept up during those times? Do you have like maybe one or two things you'd want to share that really stick out to you that like really work for you or help you along your way? I know you've shared a couple already, but do you have anything else? Yeah, I like to write things down and, or I'm actually, I love to, to chat to myself as well. (laughs) I do it a lot in the car or when I'm walking. I just just talk to myself about my own things, so whatever's going on in my brain, or I write things down. And I find that writing lists mm-hmm. of what exactly is it that's made that you're unsure about. So, you know, if you were to sit down and write a list, oh, I want to go into education, but uh, I, I've got a lot of self-doubt and I've, I'm feeling all these feelings. And if you write down, oh, I feel like I'm not good enough. Do I have enough experience? Do people listen to me? By the time you start writing down multiple things, you're going to at least be able to cross out probably 60% of them. Once you put them on paper, they lose a lot of power because you realize how silly they are. So you look back and you go, well, that's silly. And that's silly. And you might actually only end up with maybe one or two things that, Mm -hmm. Uh, holding you back. So I feel like, yeah, writing those lists down because we can get really confused when there's so many doubts. So when you go back and you realize, oh, I'm actually only dealing with one or two things here, I could probably work through that. I was doing a meditation the other day and they said, at the end of the day, you can feel so exhausted without doing anything. So, and I think this is very true for my life currently because we're in lockdown and get to the end of the day and you feel so fatigued and you think I didn't even do anything. I didn't even go for a walk today. Like it was, you know, right. and, and it's, and they explained how, what really exhausts us is our brain oh, because totally. the amount of thoughts that we have and the amount of things we're thinking constantly. And now at the moment, you know, we have so many decisions to make and we're all worried about the world and all these things. And it's so true, like the power of the mind to even exhaust your body and 
it's there's a lot happening in there. So dumping it out and making sense of it and, and sort of thinking to yourself, okay, well, that's not, I don't want to give that any power. Like that's a bit of a silly thing to worry about. And that helps me a lot. And looking at what you have achieved and times where you've pushed through it before. So, yeah. okay, I was really unsure about whether I was going to become a good mom and then I had a baby and, you know, sort of turned out all right. Like, it could be <laughs> as simple as that or, or as simple as like, you know, things like, well, you know, who, who really knows who the right one is and I married him anyway and we're still here. Like there right. are things you have overcome, little, big, small, not, mm-hmm. that turned out okay. So right. looking for that evidence again, going back, okay, well, there was a time when you didn't even know how to take a good photo and now you take lots of good photos. So wow. that's good. You know, there was a time when I was really bamboozled about my style and my editing. And now I'm really consistent and I'm loving how my edits look. And at the time I felt that was really hard and I felt like giving up, but I didn't. And now look where I am. So going back in, into your, your archive of past achievements and acknowledging them, because I don't think we're very good at doing that, of really being our own cheerleader and, and saying, I'm doing well, I'm doing good. And and I can do that again. I can keep that pattern going. The other thing that I really encourage is to stop asking lots and lots of people what they think. Oh my gosh. That's one of the things that I wrote down too. Yes. So So if someone's not living the life you want, or if someone isn't in your field or, you know, you're just asking, you know, your mom or your auntie or like the lady at the grocery store, what she thinks, then you're not really getting solid advice there. So um, you're much better off keeping your circle small with a few people that you really trust Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, asking them, but not polling the whole community (laughs) on, you know, on whatever on things. And I think sometimes we have so much information and we can watch YouTube and podcasts and we can do, you know, courses and workshops and, and there's so much happening, but we, if we really refine the voices that we want to hear and, and then go back into our own voice. So how do, how do I feel when I hear that bit of information? How does that feel for me? Does that pricing structure sit right with me? Does that piece of advice make me feel good or does it make me feel a bit funny? And really trusting that intuition. And that's something, especially since becoming a mum that I've trusted more and more and more because I felt a massive shift after having the kids. I was much, much more of a people pleaser than I am now. I still think I am to a degree, but particularly before. And after I had my son, I was like standing up to people that I've never Mm -hmm. stood up to in my life. I was, Mm -hmm. became this like lioness, protective. I thought, oh my gosh, I've never questioned a doctor in my life. And here I am like, asking these hard questions and not caring what anyone thought. And I thought, wow, this is, this is new. And, um, and so I realized I've got a compass that's pretty good. I've got a, you know, you know, and I know my values are good and I have, you know, a moral compass and I have this intuition that really generally guides me in the right direction. So if you're confused, go inward and sit with how these decisions feel and, and trust it because I think it's one of the most underutilized tools that we are born with. And if we're always looking for, at the end of the day, when you ask someone else, you're actually just asking their intuition. Right. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. What is your intuition telling you? It's like, well, what's your intuition telling you? Like there is no better intuition than your own. So quizzing people on theirs really can only kind of make things things fuzzy, I believe. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's one of the biggest things that I've really been focusing on like lately. And I've thought a lot about, and when I was preparing for this is, you know, so often we ask people for their opinion or their advice and they're people that haven't even been where we're at. You know what I mean? Like they haven't experienced what we're experiencing. They haven't gone through what we've gone through and no one can because we're all unique beings. But, you know, oftentimes I'll ask maybe my best friend or somebody a question and I realize like, you know, she doesn't have a business and that's totally okay, but it's different when you own a business versus not, you know? So I think just learning to trust ourselves rather than looking for validation from those around us, like just understanding that you have the power within you to make these big decisions and, and just trust yourself more. And I think the more we make maybe small decisions and we 
take a second to acknowledge our success or our growth, then we gain that confidence little by little. And then we're able to make the big decisions. At least that's how it's worked for me in my life, you know, but so often we, I like what you said, you, we don't stop to acknowledge the great growth that we've gone through, you know, things that were once hard. Now we've worked through and we're able to do like, take a moment to give ourselves some grace and acknowledgement for that, you know, because that's how you're going to build your confidence to do the next hard thing. Yeah. Um, and I, um, sharing like the platforms that we now have to share these wins and, you know, I'm getting better at it. I try and share wins on socials and mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, even though whether they hold weight or a little bit or, or a lot, like I try and, you know, celebrate when I, when I make a milestone of, you know, getting, you know, more followers, even though it's not the be all and end all, but it, it is an achievement. Yeah. Um, and I, and, you know, getting booked out or selling out of something or, you know, I always make a point of sharing that not just because it gives me a little yay moment because Mm-hmm. that's important too yeah. but also what it does is it gives permission to everyone else to do the same so yeah. all of a sudden you know people don't feel quite as weird or uncomfortable about sharing their wins and so the more that we do especially you know coming back to that piece of when people are watching you and listening to you mm-hmm. what example are you going to set for the people that you have your attention you have their attention and what I would love to see is more people doing that more people reflecting back on what has been done, what they have overcome, celebrating their wins, celebrating their achievements, much, much more. And I think particularly, I don't know, I don't see that, I don't see that as a hard thing for men to do as much as <laughs> right. as a hard thing for women, particularly mothers to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely try and push myself to think, yeah, if I feel like I've done well on that, share it because then the idea is hopefully it will have a flow and effect. Well, right. And I love when I read about people sharing their wins, like I'm always, you know, commenting and congratulating and I never once do I ever think like, oh, they're bragging. Like that's not even a thought, but I think as a person sharing, we sometimes feel like people are going to think that even though they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, even if they do, what evidence have you got that they're thinking that? Right. So, exactly. and why uh, right? Yeah. And there'll always be, there'll always be people who think what it, you know, negatively, right. um, we are not immune to that. Hello. Like it's human nature. Yeah, there are sure. people that haven't really kind of caught up yet and have their own ideas that someone else's success means they can't all of that. That's still a right. thing. Um, but it's, it's, pushing through anyway because you cannot control who thinks that you can't control how many people think that versus who don't but what you will do is in the in the long run is like I said encourage other people to do the same and the more we flood Instagram or our socials with positivity and Mm -hmm. and encouraging each other the more you drown out those voices of negativity and envy anyway. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so true. Okay. Just for time's sake, we're going to jump into self portraits, even though I could talk to you about all this forever, but that's how I found you was your self portrait. So talk to me about how you got that going or what that has done for you and why you love it so much. And I just feel like you've encouraged so many people, you know, on social media to do that for themselves too, me included. So kind of, can you just talk about how that kind of started? Yeah. So it was probably about two years ago, I started to to do self-portraits. So I bought myself my little tripod and, you know, I don't shoot with one, so I never had one. So I did buy it specifically to to try these out. And it was more like I think last year when we were in lockdown I had a bit more time and obviously, you know, (laughs) looking to use my camera as much as I could while I was in lockdown. And I started doing them and I thought I'll just take some photos of the kids while while we're home. And I get my kids and my family photographed every year by another photographer. And that's how we kind of keep up to up to date with our, with our family photos. And I thought, well, this is a cool way to do it because I can do it at home and, you know, there's no pressure. Yeah. And I started doing them and it really was just for that. I just thought I'll just get in the frame with the kids. It's important to have photos with them. Sure. And I think what happened as I went on doing them. And then, you know, obviously, as we know, the kids aren't always into getting photos done. Right, <laughs> um, they'll do them for other people. But when it's just their mum, they're like, mom, not again. Oh, totally. <laughs> so I started, yeah. So I started taking photos, um, more photos of just me on my own. I had no idea the effect that the self-portraits would have on me. So self-portraits being, yeah, just completely me. I had never 
been in front of the camera completely on my own, probably since I had like a school portrait done. (laughs) And it's just so awkward because, you know, you just line up and you sit there and you have your photo done. And (laughs) it's like, you know, your wedding photos, your family photos, you've always kind of got someone with you, some kind of little buffer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Buffer, security blanket. And I find that when I take photos with the kids, I'm always looking at them. I I find it even difficult just to look at the camera if if required. So what I noticed was as I started doing them more and more and obviously removing the photographer. So having a count, just me and the camera, it's, it's difficult to articulate, but I would probably say it was a process of blooming for me. Mm -hmm. It was, it was as if I started to see myself for the first time on the other side of motherhood uh, as an individual. I had so identified as a mother and all the other things that I was, you know, a wife, a business owner, but Mm -hmm. really Sophie as Sophie, just as an individual, again, really it started to, I started to see that and think, oh, wow. Like I, you know, I, I've, I'm learning more about myself and I'm getting more confident because, mm-hmm. you know, a self-portrait where you're just standing there is pretty boring. So you have to introduce movement and you have to kind of get your flow and you have to like fake it till you make it and, yeah. you know, and move around. And, and to do that, you need, you, you need a bit of confidence and you need to kind of really mm-hmm. embrace yourself and get to know your body. And it was a process of that, which I, I never expected. So I think that real being seen, was the real piece for me with these self-portraits. So I would get into the studio and I would edit them and I'd start to go, oh, I actually like that photo of me. <laughs> I, yeah. I I think I look really beautiful there or I feel like I look confident there or mm-hmm. I can see a vulnerability there. And it, it, I, I stopped picking it apart and I started really focusing on the positives. And it was a healing experience for me. And once I had gone through enough shoots and realizing this is weird. Like I'm, these aren't just photos to me. They mean a lot. I just had this desperation to share. And so I filmed a tutorial and I saved it in my highlights and it just went crazy. I had so many people messaging me for tips, more tips, tell me how, how to do this. And I thought, my gosh, like, this is amazing. And so many people started sharing them back with me and started posting photos on their feed of themselves for the first time and getting messages of people going, wow, like I actually love this photo of me. I've never loved a photo of me. And, and that's what I wanted to share because I think it was so unexpected, but such a beautiful experience. And I still just love them. And I, I find now because I've done them for so long and I, I'm, you know, you, you get better at them. Uh, I've been able to be, you know, push myself and be more creative. Um, and then sometimes just keeping it super simple. Like when I did the photos this week of just, you know, getting each of my kids in there, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't break any molds. I just sat us up on a bed and, and took some photos with my beautiful kids. So it's, it's sometimes it's for creative outlets. Sometimes it's just capturing yourself as a mum with your kids because you can. And then sometimes it's about dressing up and making yourself feel amazing and seeing yourself in that light. So unexpectedly healing for me, the self-portraits. Yeah. You gave me the chills like three times as you were saying that. And I think, I think as I identify with you so much and I, that's the exact reason why when I found you and I saw like this self-portrait thing and I was like looking around and I thought, wow, I really need to do this because I feel like I'm where you were at before you started this in the sense of, you know, my identity has been wrapped up in my kids for so long. You know, I have five children. I've been, you know, having babies forever or I've been pregnant, you know? And so, and also being a wife and then a business owner, like all those things where sometimes I think I forget like who I am as Jillian, like who am I as a person and that I am a a powerful, like amazing individual aside from all these other roles that I play. And I think that when you know, as women, we forget that so often. And so having the opportunity to kind of go through that blooming, like you said, I love that word that you used. It helps us gain our confidence as just an individual. You know, we gain confidence being a mom by, you know, affirmations or like our kids or, you know, other things, but like just you gained confidence in yourself by doing something for you. And I think there's just such a powerful place in that. And so I'm excited to start 
doing these because I've never done them before and I'm excited to, to see where it leads. So thank you for doing this. I'm a, I'm a direct result of you sharing this, even though maybe at the beginning it felt a little scary to you, or you were like, are people going to like this? Like you just shared it and now look how many women it's impacted. So it's something that's so beautiful. So thanks for doing that. Oh, it's a pleasure. It, it just nothing lights me up more. I, especially at the moment, um, you know, all around the world, as everybody's gone into their own, you know, restrictions and not being able to work, it's also a way for us to pick up our camera and not have to rely on our children being involved or wanting to be in there. I find when I do them with the kids, I kind of it's an op it's an opt in situation for me because. I get them photographed. We get our photos done all together every year. So it's fine. Like if someone's not up for it, I'm never going to push the kids into having photos done. But what I'm noticing now is that the kids actually like doing it, particularly one-on-one. So mm-hmm. they don't love being all in a group. Like I don't have many photos of me with all three kids for, for this reason is that I find that they understand, the older kids, the older two who are six and eight, they understand now how important these images are to me and how much they mean to me that they want to be a part of something that matters to me as a way to connect. So Mm -hmm. when I was taking photos the other day, I just said to the girls, you know, like who wants to be in the photos? And my middle girl said no. And my younger one, she's too young, so she doesn't have a a say yet. (laughs) So I I got her in first and then each of the kids wandered into the room and and my my little girl was like, oh, mommy, I think I want to have a photo with you now because, you know, she sees me having photos with the youngest and she's like, I want to, I want that I want that experience with my mom. And then, and then my eldest came in and he kind of was being a bit of a rat bag and I could tell he, he felt a bit maybe left out. And I just said to him, would you like to have a photo um, today? You know, would you like to come up and have a cuddle with mom? And he's like, I really do. I really want to. And so it's, it's gone from literally bribing them with lollies. (laughs) To, to this like opt-in and I, I took the pressure completely off because at the end of the day, I'm happy just to have a photo on my own if that if that be the way it rolls today. Yeah, and when I took the pressure off, they started really coming to me and mm-hmm. and then I show them the photos and, and my daughter says to me, she goes, you're going to cry, aren't you? And I'm like, darling, I just want to oh. say thank you for giving me the time and like allowing me to have this photo with you because I'm going to have that forever. And even when you're grown up and you, you don't live here anymore, I'm like, I'm still going to have this photo that we took today and it means so much. And And so layering that experience with them, it's not just about like, sit still, like come and cuddle mom. It's like, this is why I do it. This is what it means to me. This is what I'm going to have explaining that to them. And and as they get older, they understand that and they start to treasure it as well. They'll start to say, oh, could you print that for me? Or, you know, so it's kind of letting them in on, you know, what it is that mommy does and, and why I love what I do so much. And when sometimes you don't realize until you're a part of it, Right. Well, and I think that they want to be a part of something that they know is so special and such a huge part of you and your heart and who you are as a person. And they, you know, they want to be a part of that. And that's how I love, I, you know, I love my littles obviously. And I love those different stages, but I really loved as I, my older ones are getting older and they're able to like understand things more and I can explain things differently and you just have a different type of connection. So I think as yours are kind of understanding that, like the connection they feel to you from this experience, like they, they feel that and they want that, you know, and that's so powerful. I love that. When you give them their own little moment to shine and they don't all have to compete with each other. (laughs) It's like like, just a cuddle with mum and and just a cuddle with mum when you've got three children or for you even more um, is is special, isn't it? So uh, you can really kind of sink into that moment with them and, and then, you know, a bonus that you're capturing it. Thank you for sharing that. I love this. This was so fun. So I appreciate everything that you shared so much insight. I'm going to have to go back and listen and like write down all of the little things that I want to remember that you're talking about. But if people that are listening, where can they find you? What is your social handle? Can you share that? Yeah, I'm at Sophie Lee Photography. It's L-E-A on Instagram and website is sophieleephotography.com.au. But I'm always, always on, always on the gram. Yeah. Always on the ground, aren't we all? Okay. But I always do a lightning round and I didn't prep you for this because I don't like to, because I like it to just be spur of the moment. So it's okay, just here we go. Five, quick, five quick things that you um, can answer just like off the top of your head, no pressure, but um, what's your favorite lens? A 50 mil. So I've got a, a 50 mil Sigma art and it's pretty much always on my camera. Okay. How about your favorite light to shoot in? Natural indirect light. So just really soft window light is my fave. Okay. If you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be? 
um, it would be a toss up between Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle. Oh my gosh. I love both of them so much too. Okay. Maybe I'll let you choose both. That would be really fun. Favorite random products that you've bought on Amazon. Do you guys have Amazon? Yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my remote timer, when, before I got my R6, I I bought my remote timer and that was what started my self-portraits. So I bought that on Amazon. That was a game changer for me. Totally. Amazing. Such a good decision. And then who has been like a a mentor for you in the photography industry? I'm sure it's changed over time or different, you know, different seasons, but who's someone that has been a mentor to you? I I would say probably someone that I've looked up to a lot has been Sue Bryce. I feel like she is someone who not only is successful, but I, I feel like she moves through the world with grace. And that's something that I admire above anything. So I fit, I've I've watched her speak and I and the way she holds herself, the way she delivers her message, the way she articulates things, and then obviously she's you know incredible artist. But um yeah, I think her has been probably someone who's been sort of my north star, someone who I'm like yeah that's she's goals for me. Yeah, for sure. I love her as well. Okay, so when I wrap up episodes, I always like to kind of give people action items to kind of work on. And, you know, I'm going to say a few things, but feel free to add one or one or two if you want. But, you know, just encouraging people to practice self-compassion and that there's not really any failures. There's just like success or a learning opportunity, right? Like there's, it's okay. We need to be easier on ourselves and then stop asking others for validation. We can lose our voice and what, and what we're doing becomes a diluted version of us. If we are always looking outwardly to others for approval, for feedback and all of those things, which I wrote this before. So it's funny. You said that exact thing, right? And then take action and operate from the mindset that anything and everything is possible for you. And I think that I'm so passionate about this one because we want everyone to know and understand that like they can accomplish anything and everything. And that's, I'm not just like saying that, like that's real reality. You know, we have control over our thoughts. We have control over what we do, how we work, what we, what we try to aspire to be. And so knowing that, you know, you can have a mindset shift and understanding that you can really accomplish anything. Do you have any that I missed that you just want to say like a quick, I loved yours about journaling or writing, writing down the limiting beliefs and then being able to cross them out. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Making sense of what it is that you're actually thinking because it can get so muddled and it can get so exhausting. So get it out, write it down, cross off what's just silly and be left with what you're actually struggling with and work on that. Not on a million thoughts, just, just what it is that's holding you back. Work on just that. And you'll, I think I'm pretty sure in all my experience, I've found that it always comes down to one or two things. And that is so much easier to digest than a million crazy thoughts. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you and chat with you. It's been so, so fun. So um, if you're listening, go follow um, Sophie on Instagram. She gave you her handle. And I just want to thank you for joining us today on the Fill Your Frame podcast with me, Jillian Golding. Remember, you can always learn more about the podcast and what we talk about by visiting the description notes of whatever you're listening to today or visiting jilliangolding.com. Subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you've enjoyed the show today, please leave me a review. It helps more people like you find our podcast. So we'll chat next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Fill Your Frame with Jillian Golding. Remember, you can always learn more about this podcast and what we talk about by visiting the description notes of whatever you're listening to today. Or you can visit my website at jilliangolding.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoyed the show today, please leave a review. It helps other people just like you find my podcast. If you have any suggestions for topics or questions you want answered, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. My handle is at Jillian Golding, and you can reach out via DMs with anything that you need. I would love to connect with you. We'll chat next time. Bye-bye.